African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. This is a very significant historical election. This crisis is still damaging, especially Finnish and European economies very hardly, and that's an important reason to get more and more co- cooperation. And uh, what we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of uh, Tiwonge and uh, Stephen, and also we see Malawi violating its international commitments. Well, the position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting for marine species in particular. African Dialogue, a talk show where we cover anything and everything. Well, thank you for joining us here on Channel Africa, your gateway to Africa and the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Benjamin Mushatama. It's 11 o'clock Central African time once again, and you're listening to us on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. Well, today we'll be crossing live to the African Union Summit, and uh, we'll be looking at what's happening there at the African Union Heads of State Summit, which is underway in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. And uh, we know that this year they are looking at the theme, the Year of Women's Empowerment and Development Towards Africa's Agenda 2063. That's what we're looking at today. Very exciting times for the continent. But for now, let's get our news from Onel Nzinti. We'll take a look at your headlines. A Kenyan court acquits a British Islamist militant suspected of terrorism and having links to al-Shabaab of nine charges of terrorism. Zimbabwean President Robert Mugabe expected to be elected a U-chairperson and President Edgar Lungu of Zambia implores traditional leaders to do everything they can to eliminate tribalism. A Kenyan court has acquitted a suspected British Islamist militant of nine charges, but the key charge of terrorism for which he is on trial remains. Suspected radical Jermaine Grant, accused of plotting bomb attacks and having ties to Somalia's al-Shabaab, was arrested in December 2011 in the Kenyan port city of Mombasa with chemicals, batteries and switches. Magistrate Anastasia Ndungu told a Mombasa court yesterday that he must be acquitted of nine charges, including trying to falsely register as a Kenyan citizen. The Heads of State Summit of the African Union will get underway tomorrow. Zimbabwean President Robert Mugabe is expected to be elected the organ's chair. Mugabe, one of the founding fathers of the African Union, will take the reign at a time when the organization is facing a host of challenges, one being peace and security. The AU chair is rotated annually, and this time the lot fell on Southern Africa. Political analyst Takura Jangaja. Zimbabwe is coming in from the cold. That gives him a lot of uh, credibility both within the African context and also it's almost like, uh, and I told you so, uh, statements to the West and uh, anybody else who he considers as having been somewhat opposed to his policies in Zimbabwe. He will most likely be able to come across as a pan-Africanist in his statements, but the African Union is largely run by the African Union Commission.
So he would have to follow their leads uh, uh, on policies uh, determined prior to his chairpersonship and even during the tenure of his uh, chairpersonship. President Edgar Lungu of Zambia has implored traditional leaders to do everything they can to eliminate tribalism. He says the issue of tribalism is threatening to disturb the peace the country has enjoyed over the years. Hilda Akikelwa reports from Livingston. Despite all this, some people believe the tightly covered pot of tribalism has been simmering on low heat for a long time. The past presidential election indicates a huge crack by the way Zambians voted. The North, East, Copper Belt and Lusaka Urban voted for the ruling party, while Southern, Western, Northwestern, rural parts of the Copper Belt and Lusaka provinces voted for the opposition, dividing the country in half. It is for this reason that President Lungu has asked traditional leaders to help mend the crack. The official death toll from floods in Mozambique is approaching 120 with more than 150,000 people displaced. Authorities say the majority of the deaths occurred in the central Zambezia province. The floods which started earlier this month after heavy rains have destroyed over 19,000 houses and 400 schools. Mozambican disaster management Elias Masikane says displaced people have been placed in shelters. Masikane says the weather is generally improving. Figures from Capitol Hill are enough evidence that business operations in Malawi have come to a halt due to heavy rains and floods. Problems of electricity, water and public infrastructure are a huge setback and companies are feeling the pinch. And finally, Cuban President Raul Castro is demanding that the United States return its base to Guantanamo Bay. Speaking at a summit of the community of Latin American and Caribbean states, Castro says Cuba and the U.S. are working towards full diplomatic relations. But if these problems are not resolved, this diplomatic reproach would not make any sense. The two governments held negotiations in Cuba, Cuba's capital, Havana, last week to discuss both the reopening of embassies and the broad agenda for re-establishing normal relations. Recapping on your top stories, a Kenyan court acquits a British Islamist militant suspected of terrorism and having links to Al-Shabaab of nine charges of terrorism. Zimbabwe President Robert Mugabe expected to be elected a future person and President Edgar Lungu of Zambia implores traditional leaders to do everything they can to eliminate tribalism. This message is meant for a listener in South Africa. Hi, I'm Kosazana Zamini Zuma, the chairperson of the African Union Commission. Ebola in Guinea, Liberia and Sierra Leone is causing untold suffering and loss of life. Despite these odds, We are inspired by the courage of the people, the efforts of the governments, and the heroism of health workers and volunteers. 
it gives us hope and fills us with determination that we can stop Ebola. You can avoid Ebola, you can recover from Ebola, and you can contribute to the fight against Ebola. The African Union and member state countries have deployed health workers and volunteers to stop Ebola, but more is needed. You and I can make a difference. SMS Stop Ebola to the number 40797 and donate at least $1 in your local currency to Stop Ebola. You can also donate through the website www.africaagainstebola.org. With your donation, we can send a thousand or more health workers to the affected countries. United, we can stop Ebola. Thank you. Yes, you are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. This is African Dialogue. Just a reminder, online you're listening to us on www.channelafrica.org. My name is Benjamin Mushatama. I'll be with you in the next hour. Well, this week, the African Union Heads of State Summit is underway in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, and delegates from across the continent meet under the theme of 2015, the Year of uh, Women's Empowerment and Development Towards Africa's Agenda to 2063. The selection of the theme is uh, contributing to the fact that the AU chairperson Kosazana Zamini Zuma is committed to gender issues. There's also a bigger picture of her projections into the future of Africa's agenda. Now, this will be done through Agenda 2063, as I mentioned, which is a roadmap outlining uh, the AU's priorities for the next 50 years. Now, to help us look at what's happening there at the summit, we'll be crossing live to Addis Ababa and uh, we'll be joined there by the Minister for Foreign Affairs in the Seychelles, John Paul Adam. Also, Joy Pumapi, who is uh, uh, the Alliance of Leaders Against Malaria's Executive Secretary. And later on, we'll have the Oxfam's Executive Director of South Africa, Sipom Tati. Now, let's see if we can actually cross live to Addis Ababa and see if our lines are open there. And let's see if uh, we can actually make a connection. Uh, can you hear us? that side in Addis Ababa? I don't think that we've made that particular connection. We have the connection this side, but I don't know if they can hear us that other side, and I'm not sure if we can hear them. Uh, are you guys there with us there? Yes, I can hear yeah, we can hear you. I think that we're struggling with a connection there. But uh, who do we have there on, on the line? And let's just see who's who's there. Uh, do I have uh, the Minister of Foreign Affairs in the Seychelles, Jean-Paul Adam? Are you there, uh, Minister? Just you can say anything that you can. We just want to hear you. We just want to make a connection with you and make sure that we can hear you there from Addis Ababa. If you're listening to us live, we're trying to cross over to Ethiopia. Uh, we're crossing live to the African Union Heads of State Summit just to make sure that we have that connection. Let's see if we have them there. Anybody that side?
Well, I think that we're struggling with that particular connection there. And uh, we'll just take one more break as we're trying to establish those connections there. Uh, we're going to bring this to you live and uh, make sure that uh, you get the connection from this side. But then we'll be back with you after the short break. Well, we are trying to make a connection with uh, what's happening there at the African Union Heads of State Summit. It's exciting times. There's a projection into 2063. And also the uh, new theme for 2015 is the year of women's empowerment. We know that last year it was the year of agriculture. And uh, there was a lot of talk about what's happening in the world of agriculture there. So right now we're going to try to see that if we've got that connection as we were trying to make the connection uh, during our short break there. Uh, do you have anyone there in Addis Ababa? Good morning. This is Jean-Paul Adam, the Minister of Foreign Affairs of Seychelles, and it's a great pleasure to be here. Well, thank you so much, uh, Minister of Foreign Affairs in the Seychelles. And also there we have Joy, Joy uh, Pumapi, rather, who's the Alliance of Leaders Against Malaria Executive Secretary. Now, I'm going to start with you, Minister, in terms of looking at this new agenda, uh, looking at the Year of Women's Empowerment. Why is this theme important, especially for the African Union and for the continent as a whole? Well, I would say that uh, it's important that we look at this in terms of, uh, of course, action in Africa, but also global action. And we, we have been saying that 2015 is the year of action. We're going to be addressing the post-2015 uh, development agenda in September. We're looking to establish new sustainable development goals. And it's very clear that if we're to succeed in these efforts, we have to empower women because we can't develop the world or develop Africa if uh, half of the population do not have the same pop- uh, opportunities as everyone else. And I think that uh, Africa has made great strides uh, in this area in recent years. But we're, we're here together as all the countries of Africa to try and uh, look at ways in which we can accelerate uh, women's empowerment, because ultimately this is about development. It's about creating development opportunities for the maximum number of people. And when we look at women's empowerment, we find that that's a very good accelerator. Mm. And in terms from an economic perspective, in terms of looking at it from an international perspective of the contribution of, of women, how they can contribute to societies, for the continent, is the potential in this regard, Minister? Oh, absolutely. Uh, if I can uh, use an example from, from my own country of, of Seychelles, uh, we did a very difficult uh, macroeconomic reform program in 2008. Um, our main uh, economic sectors were hit very badly by the uh, international financial crisis, so mainly tourism and, and financial services, but also our fisheries exports were quite badly mm-hmm. affected. So we had uh, a big challenge then, and we did a, a very difficult reform of our economy, 12% of our civil service uh, had to be uh, moved into the private sector. And, uh, but I, one of the key ingredients of, of rebuilding the economy and, and bringing it back to growth was uh, the development of small and medium enterprises. And, mm. Mm. and also, I want to just move on. If Joy uh, Pumapi is there, who is the Alliance of Leaders Against Info- Malaria uh, Executive uh, uh, Secretary, is she there with us? 
Yes, uh, I'm here, well, but I believe the Honourable Minister was still uh, talking about what they did in the Seychelles. Okay, fantastic. I think we got cut off for a moment there, uh, but if you can give the, um, the, 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 the mic back to the Minister just to carry on on his uh, elaboration there, because he was highlighting some important factors. Uh, thank you very much. I'm sorry we got cut off. I was just saying that uh, a large number of 80% of the small and medium enterprises that were created in 2008 as part of our uh, economic reform were led by women, and uh, they all were extremely successful. And they also showed that if you uh, give women, uh, young, uh, uh, young women and small and medium enterprises money, they are very good at reimbursing it, and something which then uh, helps to build confidence in the economy as a whole. And that's something that we saw in Seychelles. We created a lot of opportunity at that time. It was taken up by women entrepreneurs and is now, I would say, uh, a cornerstone of our economy. And we're continuing to try and empower them through access to affordable credit and that sort of thing. Hmm. Now, let's move on to Joy in terms of letting her in into this particular conversation and finding out what uh, the Alliance of Leaders Against Malaria is highlighting at uh, this year's uh, AU head of uh, state summit in Addis Ababa this year. I know that uh, uh, the uh, ALMA organization has been very significant in terms of uh, looking at the fight against malaria on the continent. In terms of looking at uh, this year's theme, the year of women's empowerment and development in Africa projecting into 2063, Joy, how important is this new agenda for the Alliance of Leaders Against Malaria? Thank you so much for having us. Um, Like you said, I'm Joy Pumapi from the African Leaders Malaria Alliance. We are very excited about this year's theme because malaria is a a disease which affects women in pregnancy, but it also relies heavily on women in order for us to effectively fight it on the African continent. First, the health providers, most of the health providers who give the care and services and who run the prevention programs in, in, in our countries are women. Mm. And the woman as the primary caregiver in the family is the one who has the primary responsibility of ensuring that when a child presents with a fever, they are diagnosed early for malaria and that they get the treatment. So they play an important role both in the prevention and also uh, they are some of the primary beneficiaries of our malaria control programs. And as you know, malaria inhibits productivity mm. and, and, it, it, and it has got a huge impact on food production and manufacturing and as well as mining in, in, on, on our continent, which are the primary pillars of our development mm. on the continent. Mm. And, and in terms of looking at some of the issues that we saw this year, uh, Joy, in terms of the latest developments, because we saw uh, Ebola coming into the picture, into the health industry, and it was one that affected West Africa a lot. How did this affect your work in terms of uh, the focus on malaria? But I'm sure this has also uh, been something you've been looking at, at uh, ways of uh, assisting uh, the issue of Ebola as well, since there have been strides on the continent made uh, in terms of fighting malaria. Absolutely, I'm sure all of all of us who have been fight who have been following um, this very very um, com- co- consolidated fight against Ebola in West Africa have are aware that one of the key reasons why the Ebola epidemic spread so rapidly was was because of the 
uh, failure in the health systems. Mm. Now, we, we are very proud uh, uh, as the African Leaders Malaria Alliance that the, the African countries have in fact put together a very, very robust system for mm. delivery of malaria programs to such an extent that Sierra Leone, one of the countries that is battling the Ebola epidemic, is one of the countries that is going to get an award this year mm. for most improvement in 2014 in the fight against malaria. Despite the epidemic, mm. the Ebola epidemic, they were able to distribute nets and achieve universal coverage yeah. with long-lasting insecticide nets because the systems were in place. Mm. Well, those are good points that you bring the joy. But I also want to move on now to Oxfam's Executive Director of South Africa. She's also there in Addis Ababa, Sipom Tati, and she's joining us on the line from this side. Sipa, are you there with us? Uh, Sipa, are you there with us on the line? Okay, we're going to go back now to the Minister of Foreign Affairs in the Seychelles. I think that we've lost Sipo there. But uh, coming back to the Seychelles, it's a very interesting country when we look at the Seychelles. It's very strategic when we look at shipping lanes and it's very, it's, it's a, it's a, very important point of uh, movement in, in terms of shipping lanes for the Swiss, the Gulf, and also into the African continent. In terms of security in that regards, uh, is there a collaborative effort on the continent, uh, Minister uh, Jean-Paul Adam, in terms of moving forward there? Because I'm sure you're also affected by other things, looking at issues of piracy. How are you dealing with those issues in that part of the world? Thank you. Well, the, the issue of maritime security is, is essential to the very existence of a state such as Seychelles as an island state and which depends on its connectivity, particularly to the African continent and beyond, uh, for its economy to, to work. Um, the, uh, the, the, the phenomenon of uh, uh, piracy off the coast of Somalia uh, in 2010 actually cost us 4% of GDP mm. because it was a, we were actually in trouble even importing goods because vessels were, were under attack now. We have managed to really, I would say, cobble together an alliance of, of, of states that are within Africa. We have very good partnerships, even with Somalia itself, in mm. trying to tackle this issue as well as beyond uh, the EU and so on. And we have now, I would say, we've broken the piracy model because we've ended impunity linked to piracy. Mm. And how we've done that is we've sure that when there are piracy attacks, the pirates are arrested. They can be prosecuted in any country of the region, but... In Seychelles, we have been particularly active in that. And we've also shown that they have to serve sentences in prisons. And I have to commend even the government of Somalia because we have arrested people and we've, got, we've tried them in Seychelles and we've sent them to serve their sentence in prisons in Somalia. So there is, I would say, a, 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 a justice model which has been developed which has actually reclaimed the oceans as a space for development and not a space for criminality. And I think we've made huge progress between 2010 and 2014. Mm. And also, I keep coming back to this issue of 2063. In terms of uh, maritime uh, security, looking sure, making sure that uh, we've got that area covered and there's good security in that part of our you know, development. Uh, how do we deal with this moving forward? Uh, what's the African Union's contribution to making sure that they contribute to maritime security? Mm-hmm. Well, I think one of the first things is to actually look at the ocean as a development space and not just mm. uh, a space for transport or traffic or, 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 uh, or other things. And I think the African Union has set the agenda in that regard. Agenda 2063 
clearly identifies the blue economy as one of the vectors for growth, as one of the vectors that can really help Africa transform its development. And uh, it, I think it is a question of Africa actually claiming back its oceanic spaces. 18% uh, of Africa's territory is actually ocean. We forget that mm. because currently too much of the economic growth is actually driven by external partners uh, that are interested in our fishing uh, grounds or that are interested in the mineral wealth in our oceans. But not enough of it is actually generated from Africa, from an African perspective, from African companies, from, from African people. And uh, I will add in there, since we are in the year of uh, women's empowerment, African women, where a lot of the value added from the ocean can be developed uh, by, uh, by women businesses and by, by uh, fisher folk and so on. So the Agenda 2063, I think, is a very, very, it's a game-changing document. Uh, I commend the African Commission for already starting the process uh, to get uh, an African blue economy vision that will really transform Africa. Mm. Well, also, uh, Joy, looking at that particular issue of uh, 2063 that I've just uh, highlighted with uh, John Paul Adam, the agenda of malaria in terms of moving forward, also just making sure that we are still working on uh, uh, decreasing those uh, uh, numbers. How do we make sure that there's more of a collaborative effort from our governments working together to fight this? Well, in the past five years, I would say, since uh, the African Leaders Malaria Alliance has been in existence, we have been guided very, very strongly by the AU strategy on uh, malaria control on the African continent. For being guided by the strategy, we have been able to work with countries and with partners to reduce the incidence of malaria by 54%. This is unprecedented. And we have saved 3.9 million uh, lives of children under the age of five. This, again, is a tremendous uh, achievement. And because we have been able to, to, to make these tremendous strides, we are very confident that in line with Agenda 2063, we will be able to eradicate malaria by 2063. Now, the Africa we want, which is our agenda as the African Union, to the, the, the global community as our contribution to the sustainable development goals uh, prescribes that we should have eliminated malaria by 2030. And in order to achieve that, the chair of the African Leaders Malaria Alliance, His Excellency Prime Minister Haile Meriam Desalan, will be launching an Africa Malaria Elimination Scorecard. Mm-hmm. This scorecard de- de- delineates how the African continent is going to eliminate malaria and put the responsibility on the elimination of malaria on all of us. Hmm. And we know we are to rely very heavily on women, both Hmm. in the communities and in the health sector and in the labor sector, to achieve this remarkable uh, 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 goal. And we are quite certain that given the progress that we have made, we will be able to eliminate malaria by 2030 and eradicate it by 2063. 
Fantastic. Well, we're going to take a little break. I've got on the line Minister for Foreign Affairs in the Seychelles, Jean-Paul Adam, as well as Joy Pumapi, who is uh, joining us as well from Alma. She's Alma's Executive Secretary. I'll be back with you after the short break. They're still with us, so we're going to carry on. And I want to look at uh, some possibilities. I mean, when you look at the Seychelles, oil and gas resources are something that you cannot uh, forget to look at. When you look at that part of the world's tuna resources and looking at regulation there. And also, I know that the Alma Awards for Excellence will be taking place at the African Union Summit. So we'll ask Joy a little bit more about that. But we'll be back after this short break. This message is meant for a listener in South Africa. Hi, I'm Gosazana Zamini Zuma, the chairperson of the African Union Commission. Ebola in Guinea, Liberia and Sierra Leone is causing untold suffering and loss of life. Despite these odds, we are inspired by the courage of the people, the efforts of the governments and the heroism of health workers and volunteers. It gives us hope and fills us with determination that we can stop Ebola. You can avoid Ebola, you can recover from Ebola, and you can contribute to the fight against Ebola. The African Union and member state countries have deployed health workers and volunteers to stop Ebola, but more is needed. You and I can make a difference. SMS Stop Ebola to the number 40797 and donate at least $1 in your local currency to stop Ebola. You can also donate through the website www.africaagainstebola.org. With your donation, we can send a thousand or more health workers to the affected countries. United, we can stop Ebola. Thank you. Well, you are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Benjamin Mushatama. Well, today we have been crossing live to Addis Ababa in Ethiopia. The African Union Heads of State Summit is underway there, and their delegates are under the, coming together under the theme of uh, looking at the year of women's empowerment. And I'm excited about this idea, development towards Africa's agenda 2063. It's good to see Africa projecting into its future, projecting into its development and also how we can actually accelerate our own reliance on our dependence on ourselves. And on the line we have uh, the Minister for Foreign Affairs in the Seychelles, Jean-Paul Adam, as well as Joy Pumapi, who is uh, joining us from Alma's Executive, uh, uh, she's ex- uh, Alma's Executive uh, Secretary. And just to let you know what Alma is, it's African Leaders Malaria Alliance, which is doing a great job in terms of making sure that we fight against the issue of malaria on the continent. Now, I want to come back to you, Minister, looking at the Seychelles, a very uh, exciting place when it comes to development, when it comes to the future of economics. When we look at the oil and gas resources uh, there, I mean, Mozambique uh, channel to the Seychelles, there's a lot of possibilities there. Can you highlight what's happening in that regard? 
Thank you. Uh, it, it's a very interesting sector, as you've said, and I think that uh, the, whole, uh, the whole of Africa in general has, has achieved a lot in terms of uh, the management of its oil and gas sector, and I think we, we're doing a lot better than we were before in terms of managing these resources effectively. Uh, Seychelles, we, we have been engaged for a number of years in, in the exploration of our maritime space uh, for uh, oil and gas reserves, and we we have uh, uh, recently got um, three companies that are actually engaged in, in exploration. Uh, there is the very strong possibility that uh, we will find oil in the coming uh, five years and perhaps even uh, less than that. Um, but the key thing, I think, for all African countries, but certainly Seychelles, we have taken this approach, is not to count on oil and gas. Mm. Um, if we are able to develop that sector, then it will allow us to perhaps accelerate some of our development plans. But it is not a, a, a crutch on which we must lean on. Mm-hmm. We have to develop a real uh, economic development, which is not just based on extractive uh, industries. Um, the, when we can develop these sectors, it, it is sometimes a, a allows us to accelerate our development, as I already said, but it's not the, 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 the real substance of, of where we need to be going. Um, if I look at the United Nations Economic Commission for Africa, they have actually shown that a lot more growth is created around the services that can be developed around these sectors rather than the actual value of the oil itself, providing that the right framework is in place uh, for those sectors. So certainly for Seychelles, we're trying to develop very much the banking sector, financial services, all of the elements which will create more growth for the sector rather than just the export of, of oil or mineral products itself. And I think that's something that's very much uh, at the heart of Agenda 2063, and it's something that Seychelles were trying to put the right frameworks in to make sure that it happens. Mm. And also, um, the, the issue of tuna resources, I know it's another area, talking about diversification of economies there. How do you, we regulate that part of uh, uh, the economy there? Because I'm sure that's also another interesting part of... Uh, just the economics of the Seychelles. Well, we are we already a very large uh, tuna port. Uh, we we export a, a large amount of tuna, particularly to the European Union. Um, but we are now actually trying to diversify our export markets, and we're very encouraged by, in fact, the the uh, potential within Africa, and we're we're seeing growth. Most of the growth that we're coming is coming from exports is coming from the Gulf region and from Africa. Mm. So there is. Uh, as we have, as we see a growing middle class in Africa, there's also a, a huge opportunity for partnerships among African countries and creating growth opportunities for each other. And I think we should not underestimate that. In terms of tuna, uh, this is a, a, a very strategic project product for Seychelles. But we're very, we're very, uh, we're putting a lot of importance as well on the uh, sustainability issues. Um, we believe that it's important to actually. Uh, control very carefully the amount of tuna that is being caught and also the means by which it is being caught that it can be done in a sustainable way. Uh, We've committed to actually protecting 30% of our exclusive economic zone in terms of marine protected areas, which will allow us to better uh, project the the fish stocks because uh, fish need uh, areas in which they they can reproduce uh, effectively, Um, but it will also create ecotourism opportunities. So we see that uh, the development of industrial sectors, including, for example, tuna espo- exports, have to be situated within a sustainable framework whereby we can also have artisanal fishing, uh, where we can also empower our traditional fishermen, uh, that they have a space for their product, which is actually a higher value product as well. And uh, it, it's important that it's not just, again, I will make that point, uh, industrialization and extraction for the sake of it. It has to be about creation of wealth in several sectors of the economy. And if it's done right, 
even sectors like the tuna sector can create a lot of other opportunities within the economy for services and, and, and so on. Well, also, uh, I want to now move on to Joy uh, Pumapi in terms of uh, looking at uh, uh, what's happening in terms of the ALMA Awards for Excellence. I know that at the January session of the African Union Summit, which is taking place now, the heads of state and government conferred to the ALMA Awards for Excellence to countries that have made significant progress on their malaria goals. Tell us a little bit about this. This is uh, an initiative which we which uh, the, um, the African leaders have introduced, um, not just to recognize the contribution um, that the countries themselves are making to the fight against malaria, but also the partnerships that are involved in this fight and the value of these partnerships and the benefits to countries. Mm. This year, we will have distributed more nets on the African continent uh, than we have ever been able to do before. When we started distributing long-lasting insecticide-treated nets in 2004, we only had about 5 million nets. This year, we will have, introdu- will have distributed 190 million. In fact, during the, la- the end of last year, the 1 billionth long-lasting insecticide-treated net was distributed in Africa. Mm. The, and, because, and this is a tremendous progress that, 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 that is... A, that has been achieved because of the commitment of partners. Mm. The African Leaders Malaria Alliance worked with uh, the World Bank, with UNICEF, um, and with uh, eight countries, AMA countries, mm. about three years ago to demonstrate bulk purchasing, that, that uh, bulk purchasing can actually reduce the prices of commodities and at the same time assist in forward planning. And this approach has now been adopted by the Global Fund. And during the past year, the Global Fund has been able to commit uh, um, Mm. close to um, $3 billion Mm. dollars. Mm. And and using this purchasing mechanism that was demonstrated by the African Leaders Malaria Alliance, working with other partners. So it is absolutely important for us to recognize that... uh, the success of an initiative such as this or the success of development relies on partnerships and the ability of countries and partners to innovate and use innovative mechanisms to effect change. Hmm. And this is, this is part of the, some of the issues that we'll be rewarding during the, um, the, 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 the summit this year. We will be recognizing countries' performance. Mm. Uh, the Innovation Award, for example, will be given to Ethiopia. And this is because one of the accountability mechanisms that the, the alliance uses is a scorecard mechanism. And Ethiopia has introduced the scorecard mechanism for other sectors in, the, in, in health and, and pushed the adoption of a scorecard mechanism within the African Union and gotten a resolution within the African Union for this scorecard mechanism to be used for women and children's health throughout the continent. Hmm. And as a result, more and more countries are actually using the scorecard mechanism to not just for accountability, but for effective management uh, of women and children's health within, within, within the health sector. So these types of innovations that are coming out of malaria are being used uh, more broadly innovations that can inform effective use 
of resources and efficiency in uh, in in application of both donor and domestic resources uh, are demonstrating actually that uh, yes we are ready for the elimination agenda uh, in Africa but other countries will be receiving awards as well. We have at the AMA Award for Implementation of Vector Control, that is coverage with not only long-lasting insecticide-treated nets, but indoor residual spraying as well, which is a very, very common uh, um, tool, uh, particularly in the SADC region. Countries like Burkina Faso, Burundi, Chad, Comoros, Guinea, Guinea-Bissau, and the Gambia will be receiving uh, this award. And uh, we have countries that I mentioned earlier, that will be receiving the most improved uh, uh, award uh, of excellence. Hmm. And apart from Sierra Leone, which is an Ebola country, there's Burundi, there's South Sudan, which, as we know, is a country which is still uh, uh, um, suffering from uh, internal conflict. But despite these challenges, they are still able to have systems that are robust enough to deliver healthcare services, and we want to applaud them for that. Togo will also be receiving a, 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 a most improved in malaria control a, a award for excellence. Well, it's great so to see. We are, well, it's great, it's great to see all those innovations. But, but before we wrap it up, I've got about five minutes left with both of you. I want to come back to the issue of the Seychelles. I mean, it's the smallest island which is making a bid to the United Nations Security Council. Now, just as a, as a wrap-up, why is that important, uh, Minister uh, Jean-Paul Adam from the Seychelles, in terms of uh, that particular bid? Why is it important for your country as we wrap it up? Well, I think uh, uh, Africa, we're standing as a candidate within the East African region and uh, as an African, and if we are elected as a candidate for the whole of Africa. And I think the tradition within the African Union, and this goes back to the time of the OAU, is that in fact in Africa there are no big countries and there are no small countries. There are African countries. Mm -hmm. And this is very much what we are standing for. We are are there uh, to defend the interests of of all Africans, to highlight a lot of the success stories that are happening in Africa, which are sometimes overlooked. Um, We are more likely to talk about the wars in Africa than the success, for example, of ALMA, of the Leaders' Alliance Against Malaria. Mm. And we want to be there to, to, to uh, highlight everything that can be done and that is being done with, in Africa and also bring um, uh, new perspectives uh, to areas that have a very big security implication on Africa, such as climate change, um, which is perhaps underappreciated and that we, we have to have a continent-wide approach and also at the global level. So th- those are the key reasons that we're presenting our candidature. And uh, we believe that uh, uh, Africa uh, has a very strong voice on global affairs and uh, Africa's islands, uh, such as Seychelles, can be a key uh, part of, of uh, pushing that voice even further. Thank you. Well, also, let me wrap it up with you, Joy, in terms of uh, uh, the challenges right now. You've, you've highlighted some great innovations from various countries on the continent. But moving forward, as the African Leaders Malaria lines, what are the challenges now moving forward? I'm, I'm sure that now we need to also remind people that hey, there, there is malaria as well that we still need to focus on and deal with. Because sometimes when an, an issue such as Ebola comes into the focus, we focus on on one thing and we forget the other thing how do we maintain that momentum and and deal with other issues such as hiv aids malaria and and create a balanced industry whereby we are we are aware of all these challenges 
Absolutely. Uh, the, the biggest challenge that we face uh, is that in order for us to be able to eliminate malaria, additional investments will have to be made. Mm. And a lot of these investments will have to come from the African continent itself. There will have to be a substantial increase in domestic resource allocation uh, in the public sector, but there also more active engagement of the private sector. The private sector is engaged in the fight against malaria. We have Nando's, for example, uh, as a, a member of the awards committee, and, and currently chairing the awards committee together with specialists uh, in the field uh, in, in the fight against malaria. But we, we, we need to appreciate that we have to make this substantial investments ourselves in order to control malaria. And the gains will be phenomenal. Right now, we are losing up to 30 billion US dollars uh, to malaria in direct and indirect costs. And these are the savings that we are going to make annually if we made adequate investments and control and eliminate uh, malaria. Now, Alma has actually demonstrated that this is a common fight. We are not going to, no country is going to be able to eliminate malaria on its own. And for that reason, you will find that uh, Alma was uh, the, our inaugural president or founding president, the chair of Alma was His Excellency President Kikwete. The next chair of Alma was Her Excellency President Sally from West Africa. The next chair after that was His Excellency President Kwebuza. The current chair is His Excellency Prime Minister Hele Miriam Desaland. So we, we can see that the continent is working together to demonstrate that we cannot win the fight in one part of the continent alone. All of us have to do this together. And that is the challenge that we must only not face headlong, but also embrace, because Africa is going to succeed under Agenda 2063 when it works together, like the Honorable Minister of the Seychelles has just said. Fantastic. That's the great way to end it. I want to thank Joy Pumapi, who is uh, the African Leaders Malaria Alliance Executive Secretary. I also want to thank the Minister for Foreign Affairs in the Seychelles, Jean-Paul Adam, for joining us here on the program. It has been very informative indeed, and I hope that it becomes productive in the next few days that are remaining for the Addis Ababa. I also want to thank the young lady there in the studio who was helping us, the technician who was very much involved in helping us connect uh, with the Addis Ababa uh, studios there. It's been a great pleasure connecting with you and having that conversation. So thank you, Minister. Thank you, Joy, for joining us. That's how we wrap it up. And uh, now it's time for us to move on. It's exactly 11.45 Central African time. We have Wissani Matebula standing by to give us our economics news. Thanks, Benjamin, and good morning. South African Power Utility ESCOM says uh, the chances of load sharing being implemented today are low. ESCOM spokesperson Kulu Pasiwe says the system is relatively stable. Yesterday, the power utility implemented stage one of rolling power cuts from 10 a.m. up until 2 p.m. Central African time to manage them levels at its pumped storage schemes. Pasiwe says if they continue generating enough capacity by tomorrow and the rest of the weekend, there will be no power cuts. We did uh, bring back to service a number of our generators which have been taken out for maintenance and they are now operating. But also a lot of our customers have heeded the call to reduce the load. In other words, we have uh, now enough capacity to meet the demand. 
And the number of South African tourists to Zimbabwe for the year ending September 2014 has declined drastically. Hotel Group and uh, Zimbabwe Stock Exchange listed African Sun says tourist arrivals from South Africa into its hotels went down by 17% for the period under review. Management at the hotel says arrivals from South Africa declined due to the depreciation of the South African currency, the rent, which resulted in a drop in outbound travel from South Africa. The Nigerian Naira has dropped sharply against the dollar shortly after the forex market opened, a day after the interbank market soaked up a large dollar sale by the state oil company. In Zambia, the inflation slowed to 7.9% year-on-year in December from 8.1% in November. And in Kenya, the shilling weakened on dollar demand from importers, but tight liquidity in the money markets is cushioning the shilling from falling under. South African Slon Min, which is the world's third largest platinum producer, says it will maintain its annual production target but cut capital expenditure in 2015 as it battles with low metal prices. Along with its peers, Slon Min had been battered by labor unrest over wages last year, rising costs and stubbornly weak platinum prices. The mining company posted an increase in mined output today but technical issues that forced to stop two thinnesses at its plant last month reduced its refined platinum production. Oil producer Soko International reduced its 2015 capital expenditure budget by more than 60% versus last year and will focus on projects in Vietnam and the African continent. It also cut its production guidance for this year to reflect weaker output from some of its Vietnamese fields. In a trading statement, in light of the current oil price environment, Soko's board is in the process of reviewing the company's overall portfolio of assets and carrying values. All companies across the globe are scrambling to cut costs after a 60% fall in oil prices in seven months. Financial indicators say the dollar at 11.55 South African rents at 9.44 Botswana Pulas and 6.41 Zambian Quachas. Also trading at 0.66 to the British pound and 0.89 against the euro. Commodities gold $1,282, platinum $1,246. A finance brand crude oil is still at $48.63 per barrel. That's how it's looking this hour. I'm back in an hour's time with another update. This message is meant for a listener in South Africa. Hi, I'm Gosazana Zamini Zuma, the chairperson of the African Union Commission. Ebola in Guinea, Liberia and Sierra Leone is causing untold suffering and loss of life. Despite these odds, We are inspired by the courage of the people 
the efforts of the government and the heroism of health workers and volunteers. It gives us hope and fills us with determination that we can stop Ebola. You can avoid Ebola, you can recover from Ebola, and you can contribute to the fight against Ebola. The African Union and member state countries have deployed health workers and volunteers to stop Ebola, but more is needed. You and I can make a difference. SMS Stop Ebola to the number 40797 and donate at least $1 in your local currency to Stop Ebola. You can also donate through the website www.africaagainstebola.org. Well, it's time for us to move on and, and, and for our sports, rather. Uh, let's get our sports from Mushibudi Makura. Good day, sports fans, and starting off with football news. Guinea and Mali will have to wait for the drawing of lots that takes place this afternoon to find out who will qualify for the quarterfinals. The draw will be conducted this afternoon to decide which side reaches the quarterfinals after they both finished joint second with identical records in Group D. The rule is also used by the world governing football body FIFA. It is not everyone's preferred manner and most fans have actually called for a penalty shootout which is more thrilling and entertaining than a draw that basically amounts to a lottery. The successful team will play Ghana in the quarterfinals on Sunday afternoon. Meanwhile, Cote d'Ivoire defeated Cameroon to earn a place in the Africa Cup of Nations quarterfinals as Group D winners on Wednesday night. Max Gradle scored the goal that gave the Elephants the only victory in the six matches in the group and saved them from having to draw lots. He smashed in the drive from 20 yards to set up a last eight encounter with Group C runner-ups Algeria on Sunday afternoon. Defender Colletoire says they didn't play as well as they should have. No, I think, uh, you know, we, we didn't play very well. But after that, you know, it put us under pressure in the dressing room. And, <laughs> of course, we didn't have the choice to increase our, our game. And uh, I think for us now, you know, we just want to to give everything we got to to win this next game because this Ivory Coast team have some great talent. But it's up to us to increase the way we play, to increase our intensity of playing. The manager is there to do it, <laughs> and he's doing it very well, you know, and people who was talking about the game we played in Ivory Coast 1-1, you know, this game going to be different, and I can't wait, you know, because we felt like elephants. We give everything to prove that we have a great team. Saturday's first quarterfinal clash between Equatorial Guinea and Tunisia has been moved from Ebain to Bata due to the poor pitch conditions following heavy rains on Monday night. The Ebain pitch was flooded during the Zambia and Cape Verde match. The Sunday quarterfinal clash between Ghana and either Guinea or Mali will be played in Malabo instead of Mongomo.
Meanwhile, South Africa's return from Equatorial Guinea has been delayed due to changes in travelling logistics. Sheikh's Mashaba side were originally scheduled to arrive in South Africa this morning. However, the South African Football Association has announced a delay in the team's arrival at O.R. Tambo International Airport in Johannesburg. Bafan Bafana were knocked out of the 2015 Orange Africa Cup of Nations tournament after failing to win their group of death match the group of death alongside Algeria, Senegal, as well as Ghana. On to tennis news, Serena Williams will face Maria Sharapova in the Australian Open final after the pair won their semi-finals in straight sets in Melbourne. World number one, world number two, Sharapova won an all-Russian contest against Ekaterina Makarova 6-3-6-2, while Williams, the top seed, converted her ninth match point to beat fellow American Madison Keys 7-6 and 6-2. Well, those are your sports news at the Sawa. Stay tuned to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Well, that's how we wrap up our program today. Thank you for joining us today here on Channel Africa for African Dialogue. Just a reminder, we come to you every Monday to Thursday at 1100 Central African Time. Remember that we want to hear from you, so do send us your views at Channel Africa 1. That's our Twitter handle. Or you can SMS us on plus 278-233-25905. Or find us on Facebook. Facebook page is at Channel Africa. That's simply titled Channel Africa. Africa. And that's how we wrap up today. And we're going to wrap it up with uh, the proverb of the day. And this one is uh, one from Ghana. It says, It is the calm and silent water that drowns a man. It is the calm and silent water that drowns a man. That one is a proverb from Ghana. That's how we wrap it up. I won't be with you tomorrow, but I hope that you enjoy your weekend, Africa. Mm-hmm.